0: Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you're new here. What you're about to listen to is an audio version of a video forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch, so you can also find me there. This podcast is a place where I share interview conversations with magical and inspiring people, I share solo episodes, creative writing, and I also share these weekly forecasts that I write. So I invite you to tune in and enjoy this transmission about the astrology of the week ahead. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for May 25th to 31st, 2022. I'm back. I was gone last week. Felt like forever. You know how eclipse season kind of slows down and speeds up time all at the same time. If you are watching this, please like this video and leave a comment. Even if it's just to say hello or thank you, leaving a comment informs the algorithm that this is a video that people should watch. And so it's a really supportive way um, to kind of uplift this channel if you enjoy these missives. So let's get into it. This week, Venus will enter Taurus, Mars and Jupiter join in Aries, and we have a new moon in Gemini. Among a few other transits, but I wanted to highlight these three because they each have in common the possibility of generating more space in our lives for optimism, pleasure, excitement, and life-enhancing storytelling. Venus in Taurus is going to do this with an opening Um, an opening of a conversation at a somatic level of how we open to pleasures in life and the sensations that we feel, how we relate with our desires and aesthetic preferences, as well as our range to be in relationship with all kinds of feelings and sensations, right? So this is the opportunity we have at any moment to just, like, enjoy, you know, tune into... Gratitude as a literal chemical sensation, right? When you tune into that frequency, um, how much you're enjoying the sunlight, how much you're enjoying the food that you're eating or the sense in the air, whatever it is, like however you specifically tune in to receiving sensations, um, dilating your perception to open to that and to be with what is already available to you, right? And then to develop this kind of, tantric practice with Taurus of expanding slowly how much we are able to hold in terms of sensation. Then Mars and Jupiter in Aries does this with, um, so this as in we're generating more space in our lives for optimism, pleasure, excitement, and life-enhancing storytelling. That's the thesis statement of the week, okay? So Mars and Jupiter in Aries is going to do this with having a vision and believing that getting there is possible. And being game to grow from working with the obstacles and challenges. The new moon in Gemini does this with the creation of new thoughts. There is, of course, risk for fantasy within all of this, like being off base, but going for it anyway, trying to build a castle in the clouds without anything to ground or anchor it. And I'm not suggesting fantasy that disassociates us from life or from truth. Or the truth of who we are, just because it feels good to be in fantasy. What I am suggesting is to consider that a lot of us are already telling limiting stories about ourselves and our lives based on logical structures that we haven't totally checked, low-level fantasy already operating. One of my favorite practices for expanding my enjoyment of and my connection to my life is getting in the narrator mind of the story of my life brushing aside the kind of like lackadaisical, blah, mundane energy. And it's okay that it's there. It's human. It is mundane, right? Or as well as brushing aside these disempowering, painful narratives that I loop inside of, as we do. You know, we all have those kind of samskaras or woundings that we come in here with as humans. Um, And so at least for a moment, at least in an opening, getting, you know, being able to brush that content aside or at least see it in a context of other things also existing, getting more curious about a deeper angle of magic and possibility that is present, a layer that's always there if I look for it side by side with my experiences. So I wouldn't recommend this practice of finding the more exciting angle of your life um, as an escape or an avoidance from life. Right. Like sometimes the truth of a situation is that something is gritty or really hard, but there's always an angle. There's always a story about it. There's always a mindset. Um, I recommend this practice as a way to sit with the actual events of our lives and consider how generous or generative our storytelling about it is. What are we choosing to notice and what are we making those details mean? A lot of the time, as convincing as the mind is, we're making a lot of stuff up. And once we're connected to the subjectivity, the absurdity, and all the possibility at play, why not tap into a deeper level of truth, you know, as a philosopher, as a storyteller, and also tap into our own capacity to be creative and have authorship with our experience? At a higher level, this is the magician side of Gemini and Mercury the capacity to create with the mind, rather than simply be bested by it. So I will go into our week in more detail. In terms of announcements, um, my courses, the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive and Meteorite, the Alumni um, Advanced Program, those are both in session. My books are currently closed. The best way to stay in touch with me, to receive these forecasts right to your inbox and to know when I have events or when courses are open or when my books for astrology readings are open is to um, get on my mailing list. I decided not to run a Kickstarter for the year ahead. The last two years, you came through massively and helped me fund a year ahead of content, these forecasts, as well as Magic of the Spheres podcast. Um, It's a lot of labor to produce those, a lot of energy and I decided to um, not do that this year. I will still be you know, creating offerings and inviting you to work with me, um, but not in this kind of big, a bunch of offerings at once Kickstarter format this year. But thank you so much for your support. And as I was saying at the beginning, when you like these videos or do other things to share um, my work with your friends, those are really great ways to support this channel too. And then the other announcement is that I've been working on a piece of creative writing, an audio novella called Hungry Ghosts of Paradise, that is on Magic of the Spheres podcast. I have been getting what I call a lot of casual acclaim for it in terms of people writing me about it, which I do invite you, if you're tuning in, to share with me how the story affects you. Um, But essentially, it is an act of art and soul retrieval that I'm currently working on and was just the true thing for me to be doing right now. So I appreciate people tuning in and invite you to if you would like to tune into some of my creative writing, which inevitably has astrology woven into it. It's kind of like a new genre or something, um, or a genre that's just so niche in some sense. Okay, but here's our week in more detail. May 25th, Mercury retrograde in Taurus will trine Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. This connects us back to a trine that Mercury made to Pluto on April 28th before both Mercury and Pluto stationed retrograde. So this Mercury-Pluto trine in Earth signs feels resonant with sifting through large amounts of material, whether that be physical items or somatic layers in the body or psychological layers. Mercury is in a fixed earth sign, Taurus, and retrograde, and that could relate to a certain amount of density that is being processed or reviewed, sifting through items in a garage, sifting through potent old memories, releasing tensions in the body where we are storing a significant amount of energetic charge. Taurus kind of has this energy to it of like... The bowl is either just like sitting still and like you're not going to move that bowl, Um, the animal, not the glassware, Um, or it's running and it's like a formidable force. And so there can be a little bit of inertia or a sense of stagnancy with Taurus. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff to deal with, but I'm just going to let it sit there versus the kind of like creating a little bit of heat in the system and moving some of those compact layers. So it's possible to feel overwhelmed because there's too much to sift through, too much to process, and avoidance can show up as not doing anything or being in a state of paralysis, continuing the pattern of stagnancy. Keep in mind, Mercury-Pluto contacts relate to mental disempowerment, so difficult thoughts racing mind when you're trying to fall asleep, looping thoughts as examples of forms of mental disempowerment, as well as mental empowerment, mindsets, tools, practices that train or transform the mind and connect us with the magician signifier of mercury. With this particular transit, mindsets and tools that help us transform and alchemize stagnancy would be relevant. May 26th, Venus and Aries will square Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. Oh, I'm noticing I forgot to put the degrees. Um, So forgive me. I'm just going to share them without that this week because they're not in here. So Venus, but it's going to be like the later degrees. I think it will probably be like 28 degrees of Aries in Capricorn. So this is the first quarter square between Pluto and Venus marking a cardinal turning point around action, taking a leap, making a move of some kind within the context of intimacy and empowerment within relationship. Relationship, we can remember, is not just partnership or friendship or human-to-human relationship. Relationship is literally relationship with anything, an energy, a concept, with life itself, right? And how we are in reciprocal relationship how we influence and are influenced by that's the nature of relationship and at a kind of like shamanic perspective everything is relationship so if we're looking at venus pluto and this thing around like taking a leap making some kind of action first quarter is about this kind of crisis of action it's like how we're making moves or taking action within the context of relationship where it's like there's a subtle tension in the field And someone is taking the action of naming it, right? Or, yeah, that's a good enough example. We'll leave it at that. So to the extent that desires or frustrations within our depth psyche are more repressed or depressed, Venus and Aries' burst of fiery assertiveness once out may be more extreme or aggressive than the situation calls for, right? Like when things are really repressed and then they blast open, there's a kind of, Um, sometimes it's like a really extra kind of energy in that opening because of the, you know, the spring-loaded coil effect. So if we notice ourselves having more reactivity in relationship or more extreme impulses that we may manage to control, like I'm ready to freak out, but I'm holding it together because I know how to behave (laughs) kind of energy, there is a fertile tension here revealing itself, right? Because it's not just about one or the other of like, okay, I'm just going to be curled up in a tight ball and behave, or I'm just going to let it all out and just spew all of my ideas in this like totally unhinged way, right? It's like, why is there that judgment or that depression or repression of those impulses in the first place? That might be something that's getting... Worked or turned a little bit right now. So the fertility of this tension is personal in nature, but some examples could be resentment revealing to us a place where we didn't set boundaries or ask for what we really wanted, Um, anger showing us that we desire something um, to change or we're ready to embody more of our power in a situation, shame revealing ways to us that we don't approve of our own humanity, and so on, right? Like, what's the deeper Plutonic read of the fiery hot energy that's coming up. Sometimes we need reflection, too. Like it might be um, kind of like shadow content, Pluto. So it's material that we don't totally see. Venus, Pluto can relate to the ways we want to experience catharsis in matters of intimacy or sensual fulfillment. This can be channeled in beneficial and life-enhancing ways. It can help to be honest with ourselves around what our most true, vulnerable desires are and to act from the place of that thread. When we are disconnected from our own desire, we are more susceptible to reaching at big, flashy things that we think we are supposed to want. There is an alchemy in the true desire. It can be subtle. It's whatever size, whatever energy that we're ready for. Another way to read this square is that there may be conflicting drives between progress and impulse and forward momentum. So Aries, right? Like I have this itch, something's coming through me that wants to emerge. Um, That versus caution, Capricorn, versus how... These psychic orientations are more integrated in the psyche, like meaningful, well-considered risk, right? Like having, like feeling like we've got ourselves, we have our own back as we take a meaningful life-enhancing risk, trusting and really holding ourselves when it's time to jump. Then May 28th, Venus enters Taurus. Venus will stay in Taurus until her Gemini ingress on June 22nd, right after the summer solstice. So this brings Venus to her home sign, the Earth side of Venus, where we deepen and discover our relationship with sensual pleasure, as well as our energetic capacity to receive that which we desire. Taurus is alternately a very receptive sign and prone to being hard-headed and stubborn and not actually very receptive. Think of the difference between fertile, rich soil that is dark, damp, and loose to the touch, versus dry, cracked soil that is hard and can only be broken up with some kind of garden tool. When a person, you know, as an example, is new to accepting money for their business or services directly, there is a process of opening to that as a reality and being able to receive amounts of money without contracting or saying, you know, no, no, and like offering all these add-ins or discounts. This energetic can also show up as accepting a compliment without shrinking away or saying something self-deprecating as a gut response, right? Or feeling a pleasurable sensation and opening to that sensation as opposed to going straight to the mind, thinking about a to-do list or some reason that we feel guilty. And what I think, you know, the a key that I might offer about that process of opening when it comes to receptivity is just developing almost like a meditative practice with sensation and going slow, Taurus, right? Like it doesn't have to be a huge shock to the system. It can be um, a simple activity of taking a moment in your day to do like a sensory meditation when you're um, drinking water, to like really feel the temperature of the water and feel it um, enter your body, right? Or to go outside and feel the way the skin or the air is on your skin. Um, To give yourself like an oil massage or something and to be with yourself and your sensations. Um, Any of those things become this really fertile ground for getting into the body, and the resistance is going to be going up to the mind, thinking about other things, not necessarily wanting to receive those sensations or be in that space. And that, as far as I understand, happens for deeply embodied people. It's not just like people arrive to this place of always being able to receive everything. There's always expansion, um, and so that expansion comes from being with where we're at and expanding the capacity to be with it as opposed to splitting off, dissociating, going somewhere else. I really think about this, too, for like um, for gratitude or for like being open to the good things in life, being open to good fortune. Um, you know, I like to daydream as a a way to kind of drift off to sleep. And that kind of like energetic neural pathway channel of thinking about all these good things that could happen or thinking about all the things I'm excited about or all the things I'm grateful for Um, those neural pathways. I, some of them were natural. Like I did that as a kid, but other ones I had to build because there's a sense of having intrusive thoughts or not feeling like it's safe to have good things in life, right? And so visiting those channels and feeding them um, over time, slowly, Taurus style. So Venus and Taurus may offer a lot of resources, literally energetically as circumstance or kind of flow, energy in the air, to open to a greater level of receptivity to sensations, as well as receptivity to acquisition, so possessions, money, etc. Um, it doesn't mean that will magically happen for us just because the transit's happening. There's still our participation and in tapping into the way that we personally soften and open to receive what it is we are seeking to be in deeper relationship with. So these are the Torian mysteries. May 29th, Mars and Aries will conjunct Jupiter and Aries, and from my memory, it's somewhere in the very early degrees, probably around degrees but I'm not sure just like mercury retrograde (laughs) didn't take that note okay so there is a joyful life-enhancing push here of just do it there might be a sense that the same places we are inspired to take risks and make moves and take a leap are connected to broader philosophical conceptualization of meaning It's like when we've connected to a story or a teaching that enables us to be more activated and energized in our own life story or journey, right? So it's not just that we're doing a thing and that we have the raw energy to do it. It's like we have this expansive, like, panoramic, I get why I'm doing the thing. (laughs) It gives us energy to do it. As an embodiment, this Mars, Jupiter, and Aries feels very much like a smiling, buoyant, athletic coach, who holds a vision of your victory and is supporting you as you navigate challenges and obstacles because those very obstacles are seen in the context of your journey to greatness. I I think you know this vibe. Um, We might be more inclined to perceive challenges with more optimism when we take on this athletic, growth-oriented attitude. So consider where in your life needs this kind of medicine Notice where you are playing Jupiter so that encouragement or guide to another person's hero impulse as well. And then May 30th, we have a new moon in Gemini. And this lunar cycle will peak with a full moon in Sagittarius on June 14th with the sun and moon square Neptune and Pisces at the full moon in two weeks. So some thoughts about this new moon and just holding in context, you know, what it's ripening into at the full So it's my understanding that reality supports our projections and illusions for a time, like a wave that comes out of the ocean. It exists, and then it will crash back into the ocean. So then there's this deeper truth, the ocean, right? The ocean and its waves, the eternal and the ephemeral circumstances that come out and go back. A lot of social reality is caught up in the wave, which is real enough, but not ultimate. Gemini can generate anything. It's our connection to the magician archetype, where we can will things into being with our words, proclaim I am, fill in the blank, work with mantras, or more complexly tell stories about who we are, develop logic about who we are, and what is a likely outcome in life for us, what's possible for us based on the evidence that we've collected and deduced a logical judgment from that evidence. Mental novelty not only opens up new doors in our experience, but new doors in the cosmos, the animating field of reality that participates in our creativity. So the challenge and pitfall of people's relationship with the Gemini domain of life, and I'm not speaking necessarily here of your Gemini placements or people who are Geminis, the Gemini area of life, the Gemini experience. So the challenge and pitfall of this is taking subjective logical structures at face value and subconsciously identifying with logical structures that scaffold in place a limiting, or even delusional slash out-of-touch reality. We all do this. Like, I don't know. It's pretty rare. <laughs> I be like some ascended master who's like here, who's maybe not playing into this. And even so, they're still a human, so they have their ways. Um, most people are telling stories about themselves, or telling stories to themselves about reality, about themselves, about other people, about what's possible, and these stories are logical but not true. The gift of our relationship with Gemini is to become a little bit more fluid and flexible about the kinds of thoughts and stories we choose to participate with, recognizing the difference between truth, what is, what has that deeper resonance, and where there is some flex, where One can decide to tell a different story about what is possible in their own life and have a different experience due to the shift in subconscious orientation, becoming awake in our mental fantasies and thinking, interesting that I only see two options in this scenario and both of those options are terrible. Might there be a third or fourth or fifth thing, option? And beginning to generate life-enhancing novelty, new thoughts, new opportunities that are delightful and create more fun or space in reality. New thoughts that give us more acrobatic agility to navigate shifting the complex limitations of our lives. And this isn't even necessarily about looking away from something unpleasant, just being like, well, that doesn't exist. Let me look over there. But finding a new facet of our relationship with that obstacle or challenge in our experience as well as the possibility of where we could maybe transition into. So, for fun, see if you can come up with some thoughts this new moon in Gemini um, that excite or enliven you. Gemini is like a reporter and can take an infinite number of angles on the reality, right? If I ask you how your day was, you could tell me a thousand different stories. Maybe the first three that you try are like a certain kind of way, but if you really got creative, there are many different angles you could take and the day suddenly becomes psychedelic and infinite. What evidence are you picking up to tell your story? So if you were telling a story about your day, who you are, where can you find greater liberty and delight? A beautiful thought courting the periphery of your mind. So this is what I have for you for the week. Please, if you haven't already, leave a comment. Let me know what resonated with you or just say thank you or say hello. And I will see you again soon. Thank you for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. This library contains several hours of content about the intersection between kind of create your reality teachings and astrology, and it includes one of my favorite talks I've ever given called Leo and the Evolution of Alternate Realities. Thank you so much for listening. Your reviews really support the growth of this podcast, as well as your word of mouth when you share this podcast with friends or post it to your stories on Instagram and tag me at Sabrina Monarch. Thank you so much.